Hello, I'm Joshua. And I'm Leah. And we would like to thank you for listening to the Reasonably Prepared Podcast. A preparedness resource for the complete beginner. We are here to help you on your preparedness journey. Without the paranoia, fear, and doomsday often associated with preparedness. If you find our podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave a comment letting us know. And now, on On to to the the show. show. Yes. Welcome again this morning. Good morning to you. Good Again, morning. although we've already done our good morning formalities much, much earlier this morning. Um, it is muggy outside today. Yeah, it is. Oh, but it's not too bad. Thank you very much to everyone for tuning in. You can't tune in. It's not radio. For listening to Reasonably Prepared. This is another episode. What? What's up? Say that again. That again. You want me to say thank you? I'm pretty uh, sure. Open? I'm pretty sure we need, to, we need to repeat the open because I'm pretty sure you said that last time. So I'm wondering if you're going to say the tuning in. Wait, you can't tune in every single podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you for subscribing and listening to our podcast, Reasonably Prepared. No, so you guys start the whole intro again. Ready? Well, good morning to you. Good morning. <laughs> oh, this is all, okay. That's awesome. Th- this is exactly right. Good morning to you. You look lovely this morning. Very Thank much you. so. Always. And uh, I am grateful to anyone who would like to listen to Reasonably Prepared as we attempt to help other people navigate strange, uncertain, and unsettling times. Yes. But in a fun and light and pleasing atmosphere without all the doomsday paranoia. Well, and if you haven't already, you should listen to episode zero. Episode zero. That lays down some foundational stuff. Right. Of of why we're doing this. Yeah. Why we're doing the podcast and why we believe preparedness is important in any degree. Right. Yeah, in any degree. So today we wanted to go over, you know, to go. I know you and I have been discussing. We want to do this kind of in a chronological, in a logical order, even if not chronological, but some logical from zero through into more intermediate things, I guess. But it was important to us to go through some of our personal philosophies on what we're doing, and then right. what I have been calling mantras. But I can see that you have a much better adjective. What they are called. Well, they're called aphorisms. Aphorisms. I keep forgetting yes. the word. Aphorisms. Yes. They are preparedness aphorisms. Aphorisms that we use a lot. I mean. Yeah. Almost. A lot. We use at least one every day. To some degree. Yes. Of these little statement nuggets. They apply. They principally apply to most of our life, but also focused in on being prepared for anything. Right. But we're going to talk philosophy first. Right, 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 right. You want to lead in with that then? Um, I Go ahead. Absolutely. We, we wrote these out kind of what we feel like is a semi-order of importance. On well, we've got four basic tenets of our philosophy. Right. Our preparedness philosophy. Mm-hmm. The first one is doing something is better than doing nothing. Nothing. Which... Is one hundred percent true. Something, something, anything. Yes, uh, as little as an extra gallon of water. Right. Well, you know, any forethought at all in on in any niche arena, whether it be medical, food, water, any forethought, an extra bag of rice is better than, than doing not cons- yeah than not considering it at all. Yes, you know at all. Which ties in wonderfully with our second tenet, which is to start small. Right. Because a lot of times we look at where we want to be or we look at other people and what they're Mm -hmm. doing and we look at what they all have and we think, oh man, I I really want to be like that. I want to have all that stuff. And then we freeze up and we do nothing Mm -hmm. because it looks overwhelming or it looks super expensive and we don't have all that, you know, disposable income right now. Yeah. So you know, we just do nothing. There's 
I think some do the play the comparison game, the keeping up with the Joneses game. I mean, it's prevalent in homeschooling. It's prevalent in preparedness. It's like I oh I want to be like them. I want to be like oh yeah. Them. Well, that's just a life thing. It is, but it also I think some I know the people who have contacted me personally to try to get advice or some some counsel on starting to be what should I do. The, I, many of them aren't approaching it from that. They're just realizing that they, during this pandemic, during, you know, what what's happening socially and politically right now, that they're dramatically underprepared. And they're like, I got to do something. But then the moment they jump online, it goes from zero to zombie apocalypse immediately. Yeah. And they're like, uh, they get paralyzed with, I don't want to, I'm not digging an underground bunker. <laughs> you know, they get paralyzed with, I don't have, I don't have an, two extra rooms to store food. And it, it, I don't think they're, it, it gets really worrisome or, or overwhelm happens really fast. Yeah. And so even if it's not, oh, I want to be like them. I know several people have been like, I know I should be doing something. I know, what should I do on the computer? And then it's, you know, by what, what does that keyboard sound like? Hey, look, we're on audio. I wasn't I didn't aware that keyboards, yeah. Make that sound? Yeah. What sound do they make now? They're more of, you know, a clicking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me and my sound effects. Anyway, they're, uh, they're more. I get it, though. Yeah. Yes. It's more about, I don't know the what to do. The internet is full of, yeah. It seems like that. And there, or it I'm, seems like that. There's I, really great resources out there. Yeah. Obviously. I, I've learned a ton online. Yes. And as but, I continue to research, there are a couple of. Uh, beginner style. But it's also because I've been researching online for so long, I know what I'm looking for. Whereas if I were to just type one preparedness, phrase, I would come up with so many hits, I don't even know. It, it would all the, yeah. well, because the, the two bigger words are prepper and survivalist. Well, so, that now has a negative connotation as opposed to a prudent one um, based on the sensationalization, the sen is that a word? The sensationalization? Sure. Hey, I coined a new word. Yeah, go for it. Of preparedness. Uh, like anything, and of course we get marginalized a lot and made to look like we're weirdos, but instead of prudent for, anyway. Um, so it is, start small. Uh, we'll, I think what we're, you and I are gonna, we're working on now, I know we are, resources to help start small, to kind of help navigate and just some simple things to begin with. We'll be coming out with that type of content for free on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we want to we want to put together some YouTube videos of, you know, just your your top five this mm -hmm. or your top PDFs. five that. And five is a good number, but even three, even one, if you are able to identify one thing that you feel is a pressing concern, do that one thing. Yeah, start somewhere. Just think about that one thing and do that. Right. For the moment. For the moment. Yeah. You've got to start somewhere. Doing something is better than doing nothing right. at all. Yes. And start with that small something. Yep. And. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. It does not have to be complicated. Have fun. It doesn't have to also be, you know. Arduous. Yeah. Stressful. A laborious task. Mm -mm. You can start with what is most interesting to you in that moment or what you think is the most press pressing concern or issue that needs to be addressed at this exact juncture in your life. Right. Whether you're a single person or married or with kids as well. Um, I know as far as keeping it simple, reasonable, affording the, uh, avoiding the pitfall of uh, making everything a stressful situation as mm -hmm. a, in other words, you don't have to come at it from from a mentality of lack. What I don't have, what I don't have, what I don't have. Right. You you can just consider the things that are important and prudent. What prudent. do you have, or what can you do? What can you do? Right. Um. And what can we do? And then you can even involve even your smaller children. You can make it adventure. You can make it a learning experience. Let's say water. You don't right. have enough. You don't have enough space to store tons and tons of water. In my mind, um, we can also do a small science experiment on. Uh, turning non-potable water into drinking water with, say, small amounts of bleach or iodine tablets or some water filtration system and, and learn how to do it as a fun experiment. You know, I know we've done that in the power. At least I've done that with Liam as well. But 
it's something you can do to have fun and learn as opposed to from a place of lack and paranoia. I guess not paranoia. That's not, this is, it wouldn't be paranoia, no. but um, I don't know what the adjective I'm looking for is, but just from a place of it being in the negative emotionally, spiritually. Right. And mentally. don't, instead of looking at something as being, oh, well, I like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I can't. That's the wrong approach. Right. I can blank. Right. I'm maybe you, maybe to... you can't do X, Y, Z, but what can you do right. and being able to identify what can you do? Maybe you don't have a lot of space for water, mm-hmm. but I guarantee you have space to put two gallons of water somewhere. Right. And that's better than nothing. Better than nothing. Right. Well, it's like kiss. Keep it simple. Stupid. Right. So it's. Yeah. Except I don't like calling people stupid. stupid. But yeah. Know, yeah. But that is, it's that keep is it a... simple, sweetie. Sweetie. Keep uh, That's my. <laughs> keep it stupid. Simple. Keep it stupid simple. There you go. Hey. I like that. Yeah, yeah. There we go. I like that one better. That would be, you know, from our editor over there. But yeah. Producer and editor. Yeah. Thanks, producer. I want to give him a microphone eventually here, too, as we continue with this. Um, which bleeds. So when we're keeping it simple, we're starting small, mm-hmm. we're making it an enjoyable process, an exciting process, and one that it should ultimately be bringing peace and hope. Right. You know, it shouldn't be burdening you with a heavy yoke. Right. We keep we, the, the most the reason we bring it, the water up is because it is the most simple. You can put two gallons of water somewhere and then you've got peace of mind that if you run out of water, you got a day or two of water. Right. You're at least buying yourself some time to come up with what I'm going to do next. Right. Um, it, but, and these are all philosophies we, we practice with most things, not just preparedness, but, and then ending and landing on, we are constantly wanting to do, how to word this with me, because the way I worded it, you didn't understand. And I want to word this in a way people yeah, are going to understand. initially I didn't know what you were talking about, but <clears throat> I mean, I got and it. I, I but... got this. I personally got this from you. This was something that you challenged me with early on <clears throat> was, hold on, hold on, hold on. As you're diving into conspiracy theories and try and wanting to build up an arsenal and all of these things, look, mm-hmm. I'm on, this happened early on, this mm-hmm. conversation, I remember it, um, or some variant of it. I'm on board, but I, I want to. I want to do this in ways that makes our that benefits us immediately now that we can implement and use now and that we can enjoy now and then if something does happen then we're just better off and we can serve our community because we have already implemented a lifestyle that we are living now as opposed to stockpiling things or doing things for a scenario that may or may not happen. Right. Yes. So I just I never understood and I'm sure it has its place, but I never understood the stockpiling really unusual items or items that are only specific for a particular scenario. Like one small. Yeah, that just sit in a garage or in a basement or in a closet somewhere. And, and are typically expensive. Yeah, tip, yeah, typically pretty expensive. Now, I'm not saying that those things don't have their place. You know, I'm sure if you get to a point in your preparedness game mm-hmm. where you have the disposable income, you have a concern about let let's just throw an EMP. You know, or air, yeah, an EMP is gonna effect. gonna destroy and knock down the whole electrical grid, and we're gonna be right. Out, you know, yeah. Well, instead of just you know, buying some, and I don't even know. Now I'm talking off the top of my head because sure, I don't even cover. know. Let's say that there's an item out there that's going to protect your whole house from an EMP and it's thousands of dollars. Yeah, it's only $6,000 and, and uh, it takes some guy who only knows about that one thing to install it and make sure you use him. <laughs> right, yeah. And then this item is just sits there. Well, I think there's a, there could be a better way, you know, buy a generator. By you know, let's say an EMP. In other words, there are there are multiple more practical, more beneficial right now things you could spend that money on. Right, that you can also be using in your regular life mm-hmm. now. Right. It doesn't. You don't have to wait for an EMP to use a generator and yeah. a generator or a solar, you know, a battery backup solar system. Now those are big ticket things. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, but I'm just saying those. 
in my opinion, are more practical than some specialized piece of equipment that's going to protect you from a possible EMP mm-hmm. God knows when. Right. You know, because if a tornado comes through your town or if a hurricane comes through or a fire comes through, those are highly more likely to happen mm-hmm. than an EMP. Right. And a battery backup solar system or a generator is going to come in very useful in those kinds of situations. A blizzard. Yeah, but your, any e- number your of EMP box is just going to sit there expensively doing nothing. Right. So instead of investing initially, we're talking about initially. Yeah, the dollars. You know what? You know what? If you have a ton of money and you already have all the basic preparedness stuff, well, first of all, this podcast isn't for you. Right. But secondly, Sure, go out, get your your special magic EMP box and do whatever. Yeah. But if you if I had a choice between picking a special magic EMP box and a generator or a battery backup mm-hmm. solar system, I'm going to go with those other two things. Right. They're way more practical. I'm going to so even simpler terms than what you're than what you're what we're talking about right now, not what you, but actually what we're discussing right now is for me, there's this, okay, I know we personally know people who are spending tons of hours and tons of time, you know, reloading buckets of ammo. They're collecting and they're reloading buckets and buckets right. of ammo. Cause one day I'll use that for barter trade and there's logic behind what they do, but I'm yeah, of the no, opinion. Totally. Yeah. I'm of the opinion that those resources, both financial resources and our precious time resource, which to me is even more important, would be better spent not storing seeds, but cultivating a garden, even if a small one. Right. Yes, that is that's a that's a great um, analogy right. or a great example. If you're instead of having a whole bunch of seeds Stored that up. are piling up in your fridge or freezer, build a garden. Right. Even Learn a, how to cultivate it. Yeah. How, grow how to grow things and save the seeds from those heirloom plants yeah. for next time. That way, if something does happen, well, first of all, and we're going to get to one of our aphorisms in a minute, okay. which is very applicable to this situation. We'll, we'll just segue into that then after. But right, during this um, but if you're, what good are all those seeds if you don't know how to plant a garden? Or you, yeah. If you don't know how to save seed, how to deal with your harvest mm-hmm. properly so that it stores well, you know, whether canning or drying or, you know, pr- preservation of your harvest. Right. If you don't know how to do any of those things, well, you're going to be in a really tight situation if you're forced to go to your freezer and take out all those seeds. And now what? They're not going to do you a lick of good in that moment because you've got to plant them into the ground and you have to wait. Mm-hmm. That's assuming that the weather co- is cooperative and it's the right time of year. Right. Hopefully your emergency happens in the right, the right time of year where your harvest, you're going to get a harvest. <clears throat> which does lead into, I mean, which does, which does merit the, the uh, idea of having some food stored up, you know, so having some right. food, but more specifically, we, the priorities are, are out of whack and to some degree that we watch as prepared and as people go, I've got my seeds. I'm good. I'll just grow a garden. If I had a dollar for every time I heard somebody say that, we've tried growing gardens. Yes. It's very difficult. Yeah. If, especially because we don't, we're not gardening yet. people. No. Not yet. We're still learning. Mm-hmm. And I've put in three gardens that have failed. Completely. Or, well, each time I I know each time they got better and better. They did get better and better each time. But my point is when when, when your life is on. Or yeah, when, when when you are. I mean, that's like three years, right? Sort of, or at least a year and a half worth of. Yeah. So learning how to do either a small backyard garden, a porch garden, a big garden. I mean, the, the we had that one book, the Square Foot Gardener. Is that what it was called? Square Foot Gardening. The Square yeah. Foot Gardening, mm-hmm. and and he he did a really good job at. What was it? A four by foot square. Was I don't it? remember the exact dimensions. Anyway, uh, you know, I'm going to, do we own that book? I think we do. Okay. I'm going to bring that book out again as a resource for when I do the, uh, a video because it was a good resource for us. Um, but depending on where you live in the, in, you know, in what zone, what type of zone you live in, whether it's a temperate zone or, you know, you get hard winters or soft winters or you're in the South or North, your gardening is going to be different. But at least 
Okay. Is were you were you gonna go with practice as if? Where are we gonna go next? Well, we're let's finish our philosophical tenets first and then we'll move in into our aphorisms right so i want to yeah three it is better to do something something than nothing at all period right Uh, like i don't care what it is in life it's better to actively do something than do nothing right so i mentioned in the beginning that we had four of them i'm going to do a quick review the first one is doing something is better than doing nothing right the second one is start small yeah don't overwhelm yourself. Yeah, don't overwhelm we yourself. We wrote have fun. Make it enjoyable. Yeah. It doesn't have to be stressful and laborious. Keep it simple and reasonable and do what makes your life better right now. Mm-hmm. Don't just focus on some future doomsday event, but what's going to benefit you right now and will benefit you if that scenario happens. Right. And then our fourth and final tenet is... You gotta, you gotta be out of debt. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, not just because. Look, we, I've struggled with, we struggled with this before going in and out of debt, but um, it is probably the most important thing. I, I, I struggle with. Uh, I say struggle. I have two things that are kind of tied for first place for me on what you need to start with first. Mm-hmm. And I go, no, your finances, having your finances in in good order. Right. Where you're not owing a lot of people a lot of things because they will collect on those. You are a slave to the lender. That is not just a biblical principle. It is even outside of religious circles. Owing somebody else makes you a slave in general. Right. You know, and the worst are fa- owing family members. That's the weirdest relational dynamic. It yeah. changes the relationship or just dramatically. Owing anyone you know, yeah, <laughs> friends, yeah. family members. Exactly, and and so not being in debt. You know, we were discussing this last night, and I realized it's not just financial debt. You don't want to be behind the eight ball spiritually. You don't want to be behind the eight ball emotionally. You know, emotionally right. drained and in the negative. You don't want to be in sleep debt where you're constantly tired all of the time. Right. You know, you want to you want to be either a at a place where you've got a ground zero foundation or in a positive, you know, when when we're in debt on any of these things. But right now we'll go into finances. um, You're unable to. The world will be overwhelming. All of these things we talk about trying to be prepared and start small are going to be completely overwhelming to be prepared in any way because you won't have the margin for it. Right. And you won't have the margin to be generous and help your community. Right. You'll, you become a burden to your community as well. And we, you know, our foundation is we want to serve in a times of trouble. We want to serve our neighbors our, and we want to have an abundance or we have a, a margin enough to be able to do that. You've always, you'd always told me when we were living in Northern California, Joshua, do you, are you really going to, when our friends blank show up here, like act, turn them away and right. tell them no? And I'm like, well, I'm not about to turn this place into a hippie commune. But at the same time, of course, I'm going to serve and love them. Right. You know, I'm going to try to teach and direct. And there'll be some relational dynamic that's strange. But if you are not in any debt, financially, spiritually, emotionally, that gives you the reserves you need to survive well, to live well, not just to live well and serve others. Right. Right. And do you have any more to unpack financially on that as well? Because no, I mean, I think that's I think that's great. I think, you know, we've been in and out of debt throughout our entire marriage. Mm -hmm. It's been a one of those things. Yeah, and I'm going to take if just for people, anybody listening, uh, you know, Dave Ramsey breaks it down that there's usually a prudent person and a dreamer. There's usually a spender and a and a saver. There's usually Mm -hmm. what do you call the free spirit. I don't remember his exact words. Right. We that he uses. I will say we are for th- there's lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of also financial stuff out there. Mm-hmm. But for the quote unquote simple layman or for just for the the rest of us for I don't I haven't found anybody that breaks it down into bite size what he calls baby steps digestible understandable ways better than Dave Ramsey. As far as being out of debt and what to do with your finances in a step-by-step. Now, as I'm educating myself more, I have found out that there's some subtle nuances. And But 
being given the rigid do this and this will work. Right. So I do say I'm sure everybody's heard of Dave Ramsey, but definitely. I mean, Total Money Makeover was a game changing book. It helped tremendously. Yeah. No, it's it's great. His debt snowball method is super helpful, super practical. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and once you get to because it's not just. It's not just being out of debt, but it's also having that three to six months of expenses mm-hmm. saved up. Right. That should be a par- just as mar- much of a part a of a preparedness game as getting food and water and having extra. You know, if something happens, I'll just use COVID as an example. A lot of people lost their jobs. Right. And or they just they didn't lose their job, but they were on. For we, You know what? I you lost know, all of my overtime. Yeah. So our finances and did go backwards. So everybody, e- almost everyone to some extent suffered some sort of dip in their income, right. whether it was dramatic or low, but right. some sort of dip. Mm-hmm. And that's what those three to six months of expenses is supposed to be for. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's only fair to to say that we're still in the middle of D- of working, of on, working on all this. You know, we've been in and out of debt many times mm-hmm. right now we're back in debt again and so now we're having to pull up our you Put know pull up our, our big boy pants and and deal with that and I will get say, our expenses saved up and i will say for that but for anybody else it's hard work to be out of debt mm-hmm. and i had only me personally i had a, i know actually i think we both did this because we discussed this but that was the idea we're going to get out of debt we're going to and we keep going to ground zero okay yay we're out of debt but we never really cast vision for ourselves beyond that uh I, or at least i know i didn't you know so it was always get to zero get to zero instead of kind of turning around and instead of being in the negative going into the positive mm-hmm. you know financially and saying okay well I don't want to be in $100,000 in debt, so I want to get to zero, but zero should just be the springboard from which whatever your vision is cast and getting that way and using your finances to do that. Right. Instead of just living at zero and then constantly slipping back into negative. Right. By accident. Well, I mean, I knew all of Dave Ramsey's steps, and Mm -hmm. so I knew what I I wanted the next step to be, Mm -hmm. but, you know, let's just be honest here. When you're in a marriage... Yeah. There's always the push and pull of two different personalities, two different opinions, two different ways of wanting to do things sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Yeah. But then as a dude, I had to man up and say, hey, I'm, you know, I had to man up and honor you in in your strengths of being prudent, of being methodic, of and not just wastefully spending, which I have the tendency to do. Right. Uh, and ma- and manning up and taking responsibility for that, which, hey, dudes, that's hard to do. I mean, it is. We we, we want to behave like teenagers because it's fun, um, but we don't, we're not very productive in the long term when we do that. At some point, we've got to grow up and man up and admit our faults and honor uh, the other person in the relationship and their strengths and, and team up as opposed to being something we have to fight them with them. Right. So, so that was get out of debt. Yes. You, so the... What I was going to say earlier was I fight with is getting out of debt philosophically more important than making sure your health, spiritual, mental, and physical wellness. Because I almost feel like if you're not physically fit and mentally fit and spiritually fit, you're not going to do any of this. Yeah. Any of what we oh, talk right. about. Oh, right. I see what you're saying. You're, you're talking about getting out of debt should start with getting out of well if i were making a list mm-hmm. of the top five most important things you it, you know number one number two number three number four like this top is five most important things of what uh to uh goodness gracious how to start of getting out of debt no 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 oh. of being prepared oh you know the, the, my general preparedness checklist where to begin what's from most important to, mm-hmm. to least not least important but like you need to start here and you need to make sure this is strong. Then you can do this. Then you can mm-hmm. do this. Then you can do this. I struggle with is being out of debt, once again, physically, financially, more important than making sure you're, maybe they're the same thing, making sure you're physically fit, you're spiritually fit, and you're mentally fit. Right. Well, ideally, you would be want to be working on all of those things right. at once. 
However, we're going to go back to philosophies number one and two. Right. That doing something is better than so doing pick, nothing and pick start small. So pick one. Yeah. So which one is the most pressing in your life yeah. right now? Are you absolutely drowning in debt? Then let's start. Get there. help. Start yeah. there. So I guess it, it actually it just depends. If you're drowning in sleep debt. Yeah. Then start, start getting creative. Of reach out and get help. How can I pull this together? How can I get this? What system can I put yeah, in place? What, you know, exactly. What, yes. What system can I put in place where I'm getting more rest and I'm getting a little bit more margin in my life and I can actually think and breathe and function, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That so get that debt. So the the rest of them are goodness gracious. What are they called again? They're aphorisms. Aphorisms. I because I'm stuck on mantra. I'm stuck on it. I'm I know. To, I'm stuck on mantra. Um, once again, we use these constantly. Yes. And one of my favorites is two is one, one is none. Yes. Two I got is this. one, one is none. I got this from my dad. Don't know where he got it from. If I had to guess, he got it from some survivalist blog. Now, I we have to preface before we really, okay. What is two is one, one is none? Right, because I've used that before and people just stare at me like, right. what does that mean? But I want to unpack also after that what it isn't because yes. the producer, uh -huh. our son, had, was really good at identifying, okay, okay, let's, let's identify what it is first. Two is one, one is none. This is, what is it? It's the idea that. It's the idea that if you have two of something, if you run out of one or something happens to one, then you will have that one as your backup. Right. So if you only have one of something, if that item gets broken, lost, used, destroyed, something happens to it, You're or out. you run out, you are completely out. Completely out. And you have nothing. Right. So in other words, if I have a drill, a power drill, and I only own just that one power tool, that one power drill. Right. And it breaks. Right. I now have you no now power have drill. You now have no drill right uh other other uh, philosophies or other ways of saying is redundancies it's good to have redundancies mm -hmm. you know i have redundancies constantly when it comes to my knives pocket knives and knife in my truck knife in my pack i always have a re redundant knife because i believe that it's probably the most useful tool mm -hmm. a person can own mm -hmm. uh, so i have but if i only owned just one knife and i it goes dull or i chip it I now have no knife. Right. And then I'll come at it from a person who's in charge of groceries and food. Sure. So I do the primary grocery shopping, cooking, meal planning for our family. Mm -hmm. And for me, two is one, one is none means that I have extra of everything. I either go to Costco or Sam's mm -hmm. and I buy in bulk in increments, though, I want to say... In increments. You know, it's not like yeah. you're every time you go to Sam's where, you know, you're picking up an extra two, three hundred dollars worth of stuff. It's, no. You, okay, today I get to buy an extra bag of flour. Right. But what I do, and initially it does take a little bit of planning, but what I do is I try to always have something that's not opened. So, for example... Oil. When I open my container of oil, I add a new one to the list. Mm -hmm. Which means that I now have this one that's open that I'm actively using, but I also will have an unopened. I, one. I pretend that when I open something, it's gone. it's gone and I need a new one. Right. If that makes sense. Yes. Two is one, one is none. I like that. I pr I'll pretend that if I open it, it's actually used up and consumed. I'm about to open the next one. And I need to put it on my list so mm -hmm. that I have that second backup. Right. Sweet. And I, I realize, you know, financially, again, you, you might not be able to buy duplicates of everything. So get but out again, of debt. <laughs> so, so get out of debt. So that takes us back to our philosophies of do something, mm -hmm. pick your top three or five most commonly used items as right. far as groceries or whatever, and just, and do backups of those. Mm -hmm. And, but once you have it in place, it's super easy to maintain. Because you're just buying it, you're yeah. still you're still going to go back to just buying one thing at a time. Yeah, you're just maybe one step ahead of it. Yeah, you're always one step ahead. Which is 
huge and i'm going to do an entire podcast and, and probably episode on youtube channel about um the system that's in place that we we t- we are part of i.e the idea that the grocery stores never have any more than three days worth of product at a time right right so being one step ahead uh, actually means being several steps ahead of everyone else because the grocery stores all of them mm-hmm. they're all run off the same uh, transit model and they never have any more than three days worth of sellable product in the building at a time and that is normal functioning that's just if it functions normal let alone if something happens and you go through and and you clean out and that's going to be a whole other episode actually i'm going to bring in isaiah so we can go over that because it was way eye-opening to him when we were talking about water anyway yeah um but that puts you even further ahead than everybody else so that once again enables you to serve you know enables you to be generous if someone doesn't have toilet paper exactly i'm going to be honest because we were in the middle of moving at the time and we were on our we were disrupted we were disrupted in our system yeah we did uh, of all the things, we ran out of toilet paper. My mom and dad had an abundance of it, so they brought us a bunch of toilet paper. Yeah. Because they had the margin for it. Right. You know, they're not hoard. Well, which brings me to what two is one, one is none is not. Caleb said it best when he said, yeah, but 10 is not eight. <laughs> exactly. We are not talking about hoarding. No, at all. We're, we're talking about once it, reasonable, practical ways to just make sure that you've got some peace of mind behind some things. And I love my dad, but boy, howdy, he drives my mom nuts because he'll have 50 extension cords. Two is one, one is none. Yes, dad, but 50 is not 49. Right. <laughs> right? Yes. You know, uh, ratchet straps. Oh, those ratchet straps drive my mom nuts. Yeah. Okay. I use a lot of ratchet straps, but I don't need 100 of them. (laughs) Right. And I mean, yes, you need more than two ratchet straps. Sure. Yeah. But the point is what, and again. Why do we need 10 axe heads? Yeah. You're starting to go into personal, um, what makes people feel comfortable, you know, like this person might think, well, but I feel safe and comfortable and secure with 10 axe heads. Right. It's Uh, not necessary. Okay. Uh, Another, I I heard someone say that a general rule of thumb is that if you, if you have so much that you don't know where it is and you can't keep track of it and you couldn't locate it in an emergency, you have too much. Then you have too much. And you need to, you need to narrow it way down. So, and know where your stuff is. And, and it's, know where your stuff and it's is, going to yeah. go into my second most favorite one, which is going to be, I, we use this, I do use this one a lot. It ties into the first one, but you've got to be careful that it doesn't turn into this, doesn't turn into hoarding. Right. And that is, I would rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Yes. Okay. We say that all the time. Yeah. We say that a lot. And typically for me, that puts my mind, that engages my mind on to, de- on to determine whether it's really important or not. Right. Yeah. So I, I have to tell myself, okay. Is this actually an important thing or is it just some widget that I'm being sold on? Or right. it's cool, but is really not practical and we're not really going to use it. Right. Uh, but then there are things that flashlight. I'd rather have a flashlight in my car sitting there with fresh batteries than not have one at all. Right. right? Uh, and so I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. So there are many things that we purchase and we keep that still are in character in line with making sure that we can use them now or they benefit us now or they're available at the moment or enriching our lives at the moment uh but maybe slightly to a lesser degree that we're like okay i want to have that you know just in case Mm -hmm. i heard some and this is an extreme one and i know that firearms are a touchy subject in today's climate but i heard i did heard somebody say one hear somebody say i'd rather be caught with my gun than caught without it it's, oh. a, it's the same idea where I'm not trigger happy. I'm trying to use it all the time, but I at least want to know, I'll have the peace of mind that it exists and is there. Right. Yeah. So it's the same idea. I'd rather have it I and understand not need it. it. Yeah. And I need understand. it and not have it. And it's, I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, totally. If, totally. So here's, here's another one we use a lot. I think it's extraordinarily important, especially when it comes to buying anything. 
buying anything, but preparedness yes. because there's a lot of junk in the world and there's a lot of sales on what you should and shouldn't do. And that is buy once, cry once. Yes. So you might cry when you see the price tag and you might cry as you're paying for it, but let that be the only time you cry and not two months from then when that item broke, when you were desperately needing it because it was junk or poor quality. In other words, don't buy junk. Don't buy junk. Certainly if your life and well-being are dependent on it. Right. And, and not just in a preparedness situation, our we use this our biggest case in point um to to give you know to to fully we, when we lived out in Oak Run, we kept buying the cheap hundred dollar weed eaters yeah <laughs> right hundred hundred and twenty dollar weed eaters and every year they're breaking there's no parts for them and i can't fix them and i just spent 120 bucks mm-hmm. for to, to, for it to last one season while we lived on the 14 acres and we had probably eight or nine acres worth of weed eating we would do because it was all hilly and the lawnmower is going to get up and down it. And we had to weed eat them. And I would beat the crap out of this thing for a season. Mm-hmm. Toast. And so we finally just said, okay, we're going to bite the bullet. I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy a professional grade still weed eater. Right. $450 later, I have yeah. this weed eater that as a dude makes me go or, 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 all Tim Allen style. I mean, you might have cried a little bit when you first bought it. Right. Well, we both did because we're like, that's a crap load of money up front. Yeah, so it felt for this like that. Thing. It, yeah. it, it certainly it did. Mm-hmm. But how many years later now? Oh, gosh. I don't even know. How long ago? Do you remember when I bought that, Caleb? Maybe four years. More than five that. Five years. It, I think it's, well, two, three, six. Six years now. Because I bought it years. halfway through. I bought it the third year living in Oak Run after three weed eaters failed. And it's still going yeah, strong. That's I've done basic maintenance right. to it, uh, and I did a carb cleaning on it. I think in the last six years, I spent an extra eighty bucks. And yeah, it's, and it's always worked. And great. we have beat the crap out of it. Caleb ran over it with the tractor, or or some variant of that, or broke it. Anyway, so that's a huge case in point. So when I buy pocket knives, I don't buy thirty dollars pocket knives, mm-hmm. twenty dollars pocket knives. They're extremely low value. They will break. They are rickety. Um, my pocket knife is an $80, $90 Benchmade pocket knife that I've had in my pocket for a decade and still functions perfectly, even though I abuse it. Now, of course, this also ties into the idea of diminishing rate of return. Sure. You know, yeah. I don't have a can, $200 pocket knife. You can knife. get pocket knives that are hundreds and hundreds of dollars, right. but really they're not going to function or perform any better than a good, solid Eighty to ninety dollar Benchmade, right, or right. whatever. It doesn't yeah, sure. Have to whether be it be a or whatever brand but, is, and know, we're Columbia gonna go, whatever. Yeah, and we're gonna go over other things we found that are extremely high value when it comes to knives or things like that. But but get the speaking, highest value that you can afford. Yes, it's yes. worth it. And I mean, I think we're closing out all of these things. Are there? Are, yeah, we need to talk about my favorite. Practice as if. Yep, exactly right. That's this your is, favorite. This is my favorite. This is. This is a a little bit of a te- not it's not touchy, but I get kind of you know I'm kind of passionate about it. Yeah, exactly, right, exactly right. Because there isn't anything in the preparedness world that drives me more nuts than preparedness minded people who buy lots of stuff and they don't know what to do with it. How to use it? How to use it? How to implement it? Nothing. They the gardening is a they, huge case in point. I'm going to store seeds. Yes. But I'm not a garden. Which this is the point that we were referencing earlier when we said, you know, this having a bunch of seeds in your freezer, that's great. Except what if you don't know anything about gardening? Right. What good is that going to do you? It's not going to do you diddly squat. Mm-hmm. You're not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, people who have bought generators. Never hooked them up to their house. Never even turned them on. Never even turned them on. Have no idea how they would actually, you know, because look, practice as if is is something that people have been doing for centuries. The fire department is an excellent example. They do fire drills. You do fire drills. Businesses and schools do fire drills. Why? Because you're practicing as if. If there was a true fire, 
you would know where to go and your muscle memory and mental memory would be trained to follow this already pre-established system mm-hmm. to deal with this emergency. The military does it all the time. Right. Be astronauts. Everything that they do is practicing as if. So that if that scenario does happen, they just kick into their training right. and they do what's necessary. It's the same principle with preparedness, even simple preparedness. Right. Well, do it, you know how to use that thingabob that, that widget, you right. just bought? Actually, it, it um, it's another one of those principles that applies to other portions of life too. That if you were to adopt this practice as if philosophy and and put it into practice, it, it, it helps you in so many other arenas. We we talk to the kids all the time about practice as if. If you want to learn the piano, mm-hmm. well, you practice as if you're playing in front of people. Right. You don't just learn the note. No, you want to practice that piano as though you're you're putting on a concert, mm-hmm. which is going to have you rise to the standard of excellence required to learn how to properly play the piano or right. or, uh, you know, or play the guitar or practice soccer. If your kids are in soccer and you're in the backyard. Right. Kicking the soccer ball around. It does. It's not good enough to just kick the soccer ball around. I mean, unless you're just having fun no, 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 that no, day. Talk- what we're talking about. If we're practicing. We're practicing because I'm on a team and I'm practicing. Well, then, by golly, practice as if you are in the hottest game of your life. Right. Exactly. And and so even with our kids, we'll do that, you know, and I'll make it challenging for them to score that goal. as because I'm And I'm twice, three times their size. The, and if I challenge them and we practice as if they're playing against a real big person. Right. Then that actually makes them better when they're in the actual yes. event. And it also going in the arena of preparedness, it also demonstrates where the holes are in your mental and emotional capacities. Which we've had to learn the hard way. Which we have had to learn the hard way. So, you know, if you have a system, you've spent all this time and money in developing a system for having emergency water. But have you ever turned off the water to your house and actually used that system for three or four days? Even a day. Or even, even a day. Even just one day, just I a 24-hour period. for three or four days. But yeah. even just for a 24-hour period, have you tested it? Mm-hmm. Have you found out? Because then you're going to find out where its limitations are. What your personal what limitations are. What your personal are. limitations are. And you're also going to f- make sure and you can correct any issues that might arise with it so that when you genuinely are in an emergency and you are relying on that water system to perform, you already know it. You already know how to use it. You already have fixed any issues that had come up with it and it's going to work flawlessly for you. Mm-hmm. And if not flawlessly. At least good enough. Uh, yeah, at least, <laughs> you know, at least to the point where you're not having to fix problems on the way. You're just. You're just tweaking it, you know. Right. Um, you know, we, I'd say aim small, miss small. So if your target is really, really small, you know, you'll, you'll that means you're getting closer to the, the bullseye. So if it doesn't work flawlessly, you've worked it down to enough that it works really, really well. Right. As opposed to wondering if it's going to work at all or fixing big problems on the fly, relational yeah. problems, mental breakdowns physical problems you know oh right. i didn't you're realize. gonna have enough on your plate yeah. without trying to fight with this water system that was supposed to work and isn't right yeah yeah exactly right and then our last it's for me aphorism this is all about josh you go i get this from my dad he always said this this is going to be from the dude's perspective and that is a man well some ladies might okay all right yeah. fair enough i just not from it sounds like it's a more doodly perspective but to be fair anybody i think everybody should believe this but a person can never have too many knives or too much rope if you're going to store stuff and you're going to have uber redundancies on things knives and rope are the two greatest tools we can have and i know that this is true because there isn't a time where i'm out doing something with somebody that I have not had a scenario where a good knife and some rope or some rope came in handy and useful. And I'm talking, I've I've cut cordage from my truck to help people tie their trunk shut because all of a sudden their trunk broke. Yeah. You know, I've got a knife in my Just pocket. Just simple stuff. Yeah, one in my pocket, one in my car, one in a tool bag, one in my backpack. 
because they're the greatest tool a human being can own. They're the, one of, they're the oldest rudimentary tool a human humans have ever used. Would you add chain to that? Well, yes, to some degree, uh, but chain is bulkier, heavier, and is uh, you know a more specific use. So for people who do a lot of, or maybe just owning like a basic length of chain would yeah maybe be and have that in a shed. I always keep one in my truck. Yeah, which once again is coming more very than useful over and over. I mean, people think, oh, what do I what would I ever need chain for? Well, consider you'd be surprised. Yeah. But um, two months ago, the AC guys got stuck in our driveway because it has a strange pitch to it, and their trailer wedged in in their surveying trailer, and we needed a length of chain to yank them out. Yep. Rope wouldn't handle it; it would no, stretch rope, and break. The rope kept snapping. Yeah, so they even tried some it. ten, <laughs> yeah, even some ten foot length of chain, you can get that for fifteen bucks at Harbor Freight. It's inexpensive. It's good insurance, mm-hmm. uh, and you can store it pretty easily under your seat. Well, I mean, we'll get into all that kind yeah, of stuff that's later, fine. but. but can't have too many knives or too much rope. I'm not talking about having weapons. I'm not talking about th- that idea. I know a lot of people immediately assume big knife no, that's a weapon. No, 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 as tools. Yeah, we're talking opening about opening boxes, cutting rope. You know, th- I-, I can't. There's tell an you, infinite I number of tell uses you. for knives. Yes, scraping infinite. gum off of something, literally. So, if you're gonna hoard something, do those and do quality ones. I mean. Yeah, buy crappy, ones, cry ones. Crappy rope isn't going to do any good, but mule tape, a good length of rope, paracord is some of the best that you can have. Mm-hmm. It's super strong. You know, it serves many purposes. I'll go and I'll unpack paracord and some of the new versions of that later on. Uh, but can't have too many knives, too much rope. Make sure they're all over the house and in your workshop and in your car and in your purse and in your pocket. And you will want. I I tell people this: if you put a pocket knife in your pocket. Or a knife in your pocket or in your purse mm-hmm. for two weeks you'll wonder how you ever lived without it before okay sounds like a challenge yeah i mean i've told people that many many times and they take me up on the challenge i mean think how many times you use your keys to open a box and it kind of yeah. works yeah well, good knife you're just opening the box that's just one tiny case in point uh so yeah too many knives too much rope and this is i will just wind it down this is kind of another continued starting point for how Leah and I keep healthy, wealthy, and wise. Can I say it that way? Is that right? Because we're so wise and we're so healthy and we're so wealthy? Yeah, I don't. Because we're I, not. I, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> it came to mind. Hopefully we help. Hopefully this makes some sort of sense for people. And hopefully this is a blessing to you uh, who are listening. And we, it, it, you know, and I'm. If you have any questions, leave them in comments. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime we'll engage, in, engage in the community. Hopefully as this continues, I'm going to put together a, a kind of an online community where we can answer questions and help and get in, get in, get involved uh, in that way. Uh, and subscribe to the, to the podcast, like it, all of those things mm-hmm. leave. Uh, and if you're going to leave comments, make sure they're nice. I don't want to be engaging in arguments and, bossing people around well we just won't so if you leave those kinds of comments you're gonna, no they're gonna, get gonna deleted. respond i'm gonna delete them yeah That's oh there I'm you do. go yeah let's uh, but wanna, i'm not expecting our listeners to leave no, comments like that just for the benefit of everyone else let's be loving and kind and generous with our information in our hearts yeah, sounds yeah. good awesome okay hey did a good job today yeah you did pretty good yourself all right thanks appreciate it all right bye everybody bye <laughs>